Launch trajectory countdown net, pad is clear. 10, 9, 8, Launch auto sequence 7, has started. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Go for launch. everyone, my name is Kate Tice and I'm a Quality Systems Engineering Manager here at SpaceX. Today I'm joining you from SpaceX headquarters in Hawthorne, California, and I'll be your host for the SES-18 and SES-19 mission set to lift off from Space Launch Complex 40 from Florida. Today's launch will mark SpaceX's 218th overall mission to date, the 19th mission of this year, and our second launch just today. This also marks SpaceX's ninth SES launch, most recently having launched SES-22 in 2022. SES is a satellite telecommunications network provider that supplies video and data connectivity worldwide. Our payloads today, SES-18 and SES-19, were built by Northrop Grumman. These satellites are essential, essential parts of SES's plan to enable wireless operators to deploy 5G services across the contiguous US. After deployment, SES-18 is expected to begin operations in June and will replace an existing satellite, while SES-19 will be co-located with SES-22. Currently, both payloads are safely enclosed inside the payload fairing. Speaking of which, that's what you see there on your screen. Located at the very top of Falcon 9, we have the payload fairing. It measures about 40 feet in length and 17 feet in diameter. To put that size into perspective, an average fire truck is about 40 feet long and 12 feet wide. So safe to say that a fire truck would fit pretty comfortably inside our payload fairing. While on Earth, the fairing's primary job is to protect the payloads from contamination. Then at liftoff and through ascent, the fairing will also shield against aerothermal loads and heating. Once we reach the vacuum of space, we will jettison the fairing and the second stage will continue on its journey to orbit. The fairing half supporting today's mission are flight proven, with one half flying for the seventh time and the other for its third. Below the payload fairing is the second stage. That is the portion of the rocket responsible for propelling the SES-18 and 19 satellites to their drop-off orbit in space. Not only does SpaceX's second stage look similar to the first stage, which is that larger stage below, it also has the same diameter, uses the same metal in the tanks, the same computer, same propellant, and nearly the same engine. This allows us to use similar tooling, design, and systems, which results in greater efficiency and reliability. The first and second stages are connected by the inner stage, which has pneumatic pushers that allowed stage separation during flight. The inner stage also houses the second stage engine called the Merlin Vacuum Engine, or MVAC. The bottom two-thirds of the vehicle, that's the first stage, and it's the primary part of the rocket and gets reused multiple times. On the bottom of the first stage are nine Merlin M1D engines that accelerate the vehicle through the Earth's atmosphere and lands back on Earth following stage separation. 
The first stage supporting today's mission is flying for the sixth time, having previously supported CRS-24, Utilsat Hotbird 13F, OneWeb-1, and two Starlink missions. Today's recovery attempt will be made with our drone ship. Just read the instructions, as you can see there on your screen. It's parked a couple hundred uh, miles off the coast of Florida, out in the Atlantic Ocean. With liftoff currently set at 7.38 p.m. Eastern Time, let's learn a little bit more about our customer and mission. Get ready. It's time for SES-18 and SES-19 to embark Three, on their journey to two, space. One. This marks SES's final satellite launch to repurpose C-band spectrum in the United States, enabling SES customers to continue delivering satellite-enabled video and data services while paving the way for 5G innovation across the country. SES-18 and 19 are satellites that will deliver services across the U.S., enabling millions of households to continue to receive TV and radio services. SES-18 and 19 operate in the so-called C-band spectrum. A few years ago, the FCC decided to allocate the lower part of the C-band to mobile carriers to promote American leadership in 5G. This meant that we needed to migrate our customers in the upper parts of the spectrum. Since 2020, SES has been actively clearing 300 megahertz of C-band spectrum while still carrying TV, radio, and critical data transmission services to millions of Americans in the remaining 200 megahertz. So we are broadcasters, that's what we do, and uh, we're grateful for the techs that are here today to make sure that we can continue uh, to pick up all that uh, great programming. To ensure that U.S. customers would continue to enjoy video and network services, satellite Lights had to be built and delivered in record time. The launch of SES-18 and SES-19 is key in providing contractual service protections to customers who receive video services in the U.S. Aside from building and launching satellites, over the last two years and a half, we've been working tirelessly on upgrading our ground infrastructure, on installing antennas and filters at our stations. And all this will continue in the course of this year so that by the end of the year, we can end over the spectrum for the rollout of 5G in the country. Thanks to all satellite manufacturing and launch partners, including Northrop Grumman for SES-18 and SES-19, and the launch partner SpaceX. SES expects to complete the C-band transition ahead of the FCC's December 2023 accelerated relocation deadline. SES, enabling the next era of connectivity. SES was one of SpaceX's earliest launch customers and has been a key partner in a number of firsts with us. SES was the first commercial satellite operator to launch on Falcon 9 from the Cape back in December 2013. That was with SES-8. That mission also happened to be SpaceX's first mission to a supersynchronous transfer orbit. Falcon 9 tanks are pressurizing for strong back retract. Most notably, SES was also the very first customer to fly on a reused booster. SpaceX launched SES-10 back in March of 2017 using a booster that had previously supported a Dragon cargo resupply mission. I remember hosting that webcast and it was an incredible day, certainly one of the highlights of my career. 
Now, just six years later, SpaceX has reflown rockets 151 times. We greatly appreciate SCS's support over the years Strong in these efforts. Retract is in progress. And there, we just heard the call out that Strongback Retract is in progress. We'll see that retract away from the rocket just slightly. See those clamp arms open. We expect the Strongback Retract to take about 20 seconds or so to complete. At T0, the ground hydraulic systems will actually pull the TE away even further from Falcon 9 as it lifts off. At this point in time, uh, both the first and second stages are nearly fully loaded with 1 million pounds of kerosene fuel and liquid oxygen. Falcon 9 uses two propellants, a refined form of kerosene called RP-1 or Rocket Propellant 1 for the fuel, and we use LOX or liquid oxygen, me, liquid oxygen for the oxidizer. An oxidizer is a type of chemical that a fuel requires in order to burn. The liquid oxygen is chilled uh, well below its boiling point so that it has a much greater amount of mass per volume, meaning that we can load more of it into the vehicle. In addition to those two propellants, we also use a chemical called TTEB, or triethyl aluminum and triethyl borane, as an ignition stage source. Stage one lock load is complete. And there's that call out telling us that and the stage one pogo. Uh, first stage is now completely loaded with all of its liquid oxygen. Second stage will wrap up in about 50 seconds. Now, with uh, combustion of the RP-1 and liquid oxygen is, uh, make, is what makes the rocket go, and it's that T-TEB um, that really sets the match into that propellant mix. At T-minus 60 seconds, we'll hear, hear the call out that Falcon 9 is in startup. That means that the rocket's autonomous internal flight computers have taken over the launch countdown. And then just inside T-minus two seconds, we'll light those Merlin M1D engines for liftoff. SCS-18 and SCS-19 payloads continue to be healthy. Falcon 9 team tracking no issues on the rocket. As you can see, beautiful day at the Cape. We have been keeping an eye on the uh, winds, but everything is looking green on the front for weather. And range is ready to support. Uh, liftoff at 7.38 p.m. Eastern time, just two minutes from now. Standing by for a call out of um, box load complete on the second stage. Should be wrapping up momentarily. Now, for some reason, we're unable to uh, launch today. We do have a backup stage opportunity. Stage two, load is complete. All right, there's that call out telling us stage two is complete. Uh, that backup opportunity is tomorrow at the same time. So with that, we're proceeding into the final minute and 30 seconds into. Ground, yeah, close up. As I said, the Falcon 9 is completely fueled, or excuse me, is completely loaded with all of its fuel and propellant. The white clouds that we see around the vehicle are totally normal. It's just that liquid oxygen coming into contact with the ambient air. Falcon 9 is in startup. All right, so there was that call out indicating that the onboard flight computers have taken over the launch countdown. Standing by for launch director, go. SpaceX, LD, go for launch. And there was the final go for launch today coming from our launch director. 
So now coming up to T minus 34 seconds until liftoff. All systems are go for launch of Falcon 9. Carrying SES 18 and SES 19. Let's listen in to the final seconds. T-minus 15 seconds and counting. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, ignition, liftoff. Vehicle is pitching downrange. Stage one propulsion is nominal. T-minus 42 seconds into the mission. Falcon 9 has successfully lifted off from pad 40. And we are preparing for max Q coming up in about 20 seconds. That is the moment in which the vehicle experiences the greatest amount of aerodynamic pressure. Everything looking good Mach with... One. Everything looking good with uh, vehicle performance and trajectory. Q. All right, there's that call telling us that uh, we're now past the point of maximum aerodynamic pressure. We also heard the call out a few seconds before that from Mach 1 telling us that the vehicle is traveling faster than the speed of sound. Coming up, we have three events happening in quick succession for those of you that have watched our MVAC webcast. Engine chill has started. Those familiar with our webcast, this will. Uh, uh, be very familiar. Uh, we have main engine cutoff or MECO, stage separation and SES1 or second engine start one. Main engine cutoff is where all nine M1D engines, which you see uh, right now fully lit, they will shut down and that will help slow the vehicle down in preparation for the next event, which is stage separation. And that's where the first stage- the Vehicle is following a nominal trajectory. First stage will separate from the second stage. Right after stage separation, uh, the first stage will start its journey back to Earth, targeting a landing on our drone ship. Just read the instructions. During that time, stage two will continue on its journey with the third event, second engine start one, or SES one. And that's where we will light the single MVAC engine, and it will propel the second stage along with the SES eight. Main engine cutoff. Confirm stage separation. MVAC ignition. All right, there we can see a really neat shot of the first stage looking at the second stage, second stage looking at the first stage. There's a beautiful view of both of those uh, stages, one behind the other. The one uh, towards the bottom of your screen, that is the second stage with the MVAC engine now lit. Both vehicles are following nominal trajectories. We're expecting fairing separation in about seven seconds.
confirmed fairing separation. And there we can see those fairing halves have separated. This was the seventh flight for one fairing half and the third flight for the other fairing half. We're now T plus three minutes and 45 seconds into launch. Everything looking nominal for both the first and second stages. Be sure to keep an, of signal, Bermuda. Be sure to keep an eye on the stage one and stage two telemetry readouts on the bottom corners of your screen. And that is a really cool view. Uh, we're able to see we're able to see both fairing halves um, as well as the first and second stage. That second stage again is uh, the dot on the far left, the brightest one, because that's from the MBAC engine. And I believe the first stage is actually the dot towards the bottom of your screen, because we can kind of see those cold gas thrusts coming from it. There on the left-hand side of your screen, we have the first stage, right-hand side, beautiful orange glow of the MBAC engine on that second stage. As I was saying, keep an eye on the telemetry there Both in the bottom. continue to follow nominal trajectories. On the bottom of your screen, we can now see uh, that first stage has reached its, its apogee, at that altitude there. It's, it seems like it's hovering. It's basically at its apogee. It will slowly, uh, but then more quickly, um, lose altitude, indicating it's on its way back home to Earth. In order to complete today's landing, the first stage has two more burns left. Next up is the entry burn, where three of the Merlin engines will relight. That helps to slow the stage down as it re-enters the upper part of the Earth's atmosphere. Over the next few minutes, you can also spot how the first stage uses its grid fins. Beautiful view there of those grid fins. Um, those grid fins help steer the vehicle to uh, its landing coordinates. Falcon 9 is equipped with four hypersonic grid fins, and they're positioned near the top of the first stage. You might also notice those white puffs of gas coming from the top of the first stage. Stage one uses quick bursts of nitrogen gas to help with the orientation and attitude control. We're about 40 seconds away from the first stage entry burn. Everything continues to look nominal for the second stage as it carries the SES-18 and SES-19 payloads. We can really see that uh, cold nitrogen gas being utilized for that attitude control there on the left-hand side of your screen. Another form of steering that the first stage uses uh, is engine gimbling, where we actually angle the engines a couple degrees in either direction to help steer the vehicle. And we're about five seconds away from that entry burn startup. Stage one entry burn startup. And there we can see on your screen that entry burn has begun. This burn Stage will, one flight terminations has been saved. This burn lasts for about 23 seconds. Five seconds remaining. Stage one entry burn shutdown. And with confirmation of that entry burn shutdown, Both we have vehicles continue to follow nominal trajectories. One last burn before the first stage attempts to land on our drone ship. Of course, that's the landing burn. During the first stage landing burn, a single Merlin engine, that center engine, will relight and slow the vehicle down for its uh, attempt, uh, its landing attempt on our drone ship. Just read the instructions.
gorgeous view of the second stage MVAC engine. Uh, right before in that stage prior view, we were actually able to see the contrail left behind by the first stage, um, lit by the sun uh, peeping up over the... There you can see the first stage uh, flight path, basically, illuminated by the sunlight peeking over the horizon of the Earth. For those of you just Second tuning in, flight termination system has saved. we had a successful liftoff at 7.38 p.m. Eastern Time from Pad 40. We expect second engine cutoff one and first stage landing to occur within seconds of each other. I'm back shut down. Stage one landing burn. And there we can see the landing burn has begun, as well as that second engine cutoff confirmed. Nominal parking orbit. And we just heard the call out for Stage good one orbit. Landing led deploy. There. This marks SpaceX's 180th successful recovery of an orbital class rocket and the sixth landing for this particular booster, having previously supported CRS-24, Utelsat Hotbird 13F, OneWeb-1, and two Starlink.